Hey there, it's Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR. Before we get into the next episode, I wanted to ask that you subscribe to the show. It'll help us get even more unique and interesting guests on the podcast and in turn continue to educate management teams and the growing ecosystem that creates value for fast-growing private and public companies. And while you're at it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Very much appreciated. We're very focused on experiences as a product that can help our customers. That's a big part of our pitch. In a competitive market, there are two approaches, striving to be first or striving to be the best. Now, why is that a big part of our pitch? Because our competitors are focused on monetizing the guests for themselves. We think that, you know, what we're doing for the restaurant is focused solely on their benefit. Being a public company can be hard. Small missteps can have outsized consequences. I'm Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR, and over the last 20 years, we've helped thousands of companies understand and navigate the stock market and the media. We'll demystify these and other increasingly complex stakeholder groups so you can focus on what you do best, building your company, and unlocking your true potential. This is Welcome to the Arena. In an effort to recover from the impact of the pandemic, the hospitality industry has had a surge of innovation, ideas, and new technologies. And while the boost has been essential to getting the industry back on its feet, it's also intensified the competition. Today's guest is setting his company apart with its consumer-focused approach. We're sitting down with Matt Tucker, who is head of TOC, technology-driven hospitality business owned by Squarespace, which trades under the symbol SQSP. Matt oversees commercial success and growth of the TOC business, which includes a reservation system, table management, carry-out operations, and events for operators across 33 countries. Matt came to Squarespace after nearly two decades of experience building teams and operating companies of all sizes and has a strong background in hospitality tech and the startup world. Most recently, Matt served as president and COO of Olo, the leading provider of SaaS solutions to the chain restaurant industry, serving almost 90,000 locations. He spent nearly nine years there, taking the company from 10 people and one product to a public company with over 700 team members, six core products, and nearly 200 million in revenue. Prior to Olo, Matt was on the founding team of LendingTree and was also the founder of Rely Software. He has an MBA from Georgetown and a BA in political science from the University of Michigan, Go Blue. Let's enter the arena with Matthew Tucker. I was pursued by Squarespace and they bought talk two years ago from the founder, Nick Kokonis, who founded the Alinea Group in Chicago. And I had left Olo as you may know, and you know, really wasn't doing much, sitting on the sideline. I, quite frankly, was working on a business plan of my own. And I wasn't really sure I wanted to go back into the restaurant world at all, the restaurant software world. But after meeting with the founder of Squarespace, Anthony Castellana, and then spending time with Nick in Chicago, I was convinced that not only was the company great, but that I actually did want to go back into restaurant technology because you know, Olo is so focused on the chain restaurant world. 
I felt like I would learn something new going into the fine dining world, which yeah. is really where talk started. Now we're moving away from fine dining as our sole focus, but I really felt like, you know what, I actually know a little less about the industry than I think, and there's this entire world that I really can learn about. What is the company? What do you all do every day? We're focused on the reservation world to a very large extent. We're trying to help our customers maximize both their revenue and their guest relationships. And so that's something we focus on every day. The company started, like I said, as the homegrown software for Alinea. Nick's background, he was a derivatives trader, a trader, and really brought this idea of an expiring contract into the restaurant world and the value of what that meant. So we started in, in prepayment for reservations. That was our, our big thing. We we're trying to eliminate guests not showing up. Yeah. So, you know, that that number is probably 25% of guests are no-shows. And so Nick's original thesis was, well, why don't we just charge guests for reservations? You know, if you go to the Michigan-Washington National Championship game, guess yeah. what, Tom? You got to pay for a ticket. Right. So why don't you have to do that in a restaurant? That was the original idea behind talk. And so it was a natural for so many of these fine dining restaurants to join up with talk and to you know, work with talk, and we still serve today more Michelin star, James Beard, and world's 50 best restaurants than all the other players combined. So that's where we started in that restaurant world and sort of revenue management. But now we're expanding into experiences and lots of other products. We're going from fine dining into sort of upscale casual, but we have a huge business in hotels and private clubs. We do a ton in the winery world. You really yeah. can't go to Napa Valley and not use talk. We have thousands of vineyards on the talk platform. So, you know, it's really about, you know, helping these restaurants know their guests better and, you know, maximize their profitability as a company as well. So as someone going on online, say I'm making a reservation, what do I see and how do I do it? How does the product work? What do they see and what do they get? Right. So there is a talk app and a talk website. So you can go directly to talk. So in many ways, not different from our core competitors. We have, I think, the newest app out there. And I'm very proud of the app release we did in 2023. And I think it's really game changing in many ways. But just importantly, you don't have to go to talk. In fact, a lot of our restaurants get their customers coming or their guests coming directly from Google. So you can actually yeah. go reserve with Google now. You can go into Google Maps and you can, you know, let's say you live somewhere in Connecticut, you open up Google Maps and you can now reserve directly through that channel. So while it's important to have, you know, your own network of guests that have your app downloaded that importance is dissipating massively over time. If we think about what OpenTable looked like 20 years ago, that's where people went to do yeah. exploration. Like, who's the restaurant in town? Well, no one goes to OpenTable anymore. They're going into Google. They're going into Instagram. They're going into TikTok. That's where you know the demographic that is going out more is going to search. And so, yeah, like you said, you can go and go to talk. Go to exploretalk.com, go download our app. We hope you do. Yeah. But there are a lot of other ways that will allow you to you know, plug into Talk and reserve directly with our restaurants, even if you never download the Talk app. Yeah. And how do you how do you sell this to your target customers? I'm sure there's a big ROI argument. How do you go in and how do you kind of convince people to be a partner of yours? Have you met a technology company, Tom, that doesn't have an ROI argument? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, I haven't. <laughs> exactly. 
So let's, let's put aside the ROI argument for a moment. I think what we would say to the restaurant is we want to help you form a closer relationship with Tom. Yeah. Tom comes into your restaurant all the time. What, what does that mean to you? How do you form a relationship? How do you know that Tom likes to order this type of wine or Tom likes to order or sit at this table or, you know, whatever the case may be with you as a guest? And so, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I, you know, I would like our restaurant tour customers to look at the talk product never or less than they do today. I want yeah. them to engage with their guest. And I just hope that we can provide more information about the guest who's walking into the restaurant. That's a big part of our pitch. Now, why is that a big part of our pitch? Because our competitors are focused on monetizing the guests for themselves. So I would consider OpenTable to be an ad network. And if you want great placement as a restaurant and OpenTable, you got to pay for it. If you want, you know, Resi as your platform, then you have to know that, you know, Resi's job is to sell you a credit card because they're owned by Amex. We think that, you know, what we're doing for the restaurant is focused solely on their benefit. And so, yes, there's an ROI argument. And quite frankly, you can't really do reservations without some product. I mean, you can use yeah. a book. You know, Danny Meyer used a book 25 years ago. He tells the story. Then he invested in Open Table at the time, and which was revelatory at the time. And, yep. and that's terrific. But, you know, the core reservation software hasn't really changed materially in that period of time. So there's a lot more we have to do behind the scenes to you know, create this better engagement between the guest and the restaurant tour. Yeah. And you mentioned kind of reducing the situation where people make a reservation and they don't show, but you're also driving return visits. And I have to think that's a function of gathering up all the information you said earlier, what I like, where I like to sit, you know, what drink I need, all of that. That's one part of it. The other thing is, you know, what else can we do to attract Tom to come back to the restaurant? So you may have your favorite local establishment, or you may want to go from time to time to a you know a great Michelin star restaurant. If you you live in the you know the New York area, maybe you want to go to Blue Hill at Stone Barns. But you're only going to do that so many times. So what else can our customers do to get you back? And you know, we're very focused on experiences as a product that can help our customers. So it can attract someone to come back to the restaurant, not just for the regular meal. So we've invested very heavily in experiences. And that's something that you know, we think is quite a bit different from our competitors. And I would consider that something that we've done from day one, but we're investing more and more every day. And so we're releasing a product called multiple experience tables. What does that mean? So that means that in the beginning of the week, I'm going to list a, a table on talk and it's going to be two seats at the hearth by my kitchen. And let's say that doesn't sell out by the middle of the week. You could take that table and convert it to just a regular table. And it yeah. used to take a lot of work to go into software and do that and to allow a table to be to have sort of multiple characteristics. And so we provide this product to our customers now and allows them a lot more flexibility within the seats in the restaurant, which means if it doesn't sell out at a certain price, I can reprice that table. And so this notion of dynamic pricing and revenue maximization, something we focus on, this multiple experiences table release is something that I think we'll, you know, we'll double down on that in 2024. Yeah, it sounds like you're capturing so much data too across, I don't know what the scale of the business is, I'd love to get your comment on that, but like you're getting, you know, tremendous data and preferences and things like that, right? No doubt. We've done literally billions of dollars of top-line revenue in the experience side. We are, like you mentioned, I think 33 countries, thousands of locations. The data set 
So listen, the data set is important. Again, every technology yeah. company is going to talk about data. For me, it's like, how do we deliver the data about Tom when he walks in the door? I don't want our restaurant customers to have to stare down at a tablet as you walk in the door and maybe miss that Tom's coming back. They should welcome you yeah. if you're a repeat customer. So how do we make that sort of usable technology that you're not staring all the time at a tablet? So the data is important, but it's important that we identify you when you walk in. Tom is, you know, loves seafood. And Tom loves, like I said earlier, loves to sit in this area. And Likes they, to drink a lot. Well, you know, who doesn't, Tom? Like, <laughs> I think we all have that badge on our, on our yeah. you know, as we walk into the fight, restaurant. Fight your DNA. Absolutely, yeah, like, seriously. So, you know, it's not just a matter of the data set that we have, but how do we present it at the right time, in the right place, and make it sort of, you know, really seamless for the restaurateur to deliver an experience to you based on the data, but again, not having to like, you know, go through some CSV file to pull up all of Tom's yeah. order history. We need to make that more elegant. Between commodity prices, labor issues, uncertain consumers, and now interest rates, the last few years has been one hurdle after another for the restaurant industry. And while tech companies have been sprinting to find solutions, they haven't been immune to these challenges either. I asked Matt how TOC has continued to work towards solutions in that kind of atmosphere. It's been a crazy couple of years. I, I mean, we're, we're still dealing in the restaurant world, and I'm sure a lot of your, your customers as well with this. COVID rebound. And yep. so, of course, we saw the complete fall off of eating in restaurant during COVID. Even our fine dining restaurants did to go for the first time ever. Yeah. So we created a product during COVID. This was before my time, but kudos to the talk team and they're all still around that created talk to go. It's an area that my prior company, Oli Olo, focused on very, very heavily, but in the fine dining world, they never did that. So that got those restaurants through COVID. But the macro environment now, we've had post-COVID a, a fine dining rebound. So people rush back into the restaurant. In 23, we still see some effects of that, but I think you're starting to see the rebound effect go away. So people went back as often as they did in 22, but they spent less time. So maybe they didn't get the wine pairing or the caviar supplement. So total dollars in the restaurant declined, whereas covers stayed basically the same. And so... What we see in 24 is I think, you know, that at least my supposition is the high interest rate environment, because it prevented people from trading out their current house or buying a house for the first time. I think, you know, a younger demographic looked at inflation, looked at interest rates and said, well, I'm years away from purchasing something. So, yeah. you know what? I'm going to go out and enjoy my life. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go to a great talk restaurant. I'm going to go have an experience at a talk restaurant. I'm not, you know, I can't save anymore because, you know, I'm paying 7.5% for a 30 year fixed. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to rent. And so I think we saw, you know, some effects of that, at least in the fine dining world for sure. Yeah. Well, you talked a lot about kind of the high end hospitality space. And I know that's a focus that you're kind of expanding out from. Maybe talk about the different areas of growth and the different markets that you could eventually be in, because the more we talk, the more I think about the technology that you have. It really applies to so many different customer experiences and industries, right? I think so. I think that's the case, Tom. I mean, I know the casual dining world very well from my last decade, and yep. you know, it's really no different in casual dining than it is in fine dining. I mean, they're trying to, again, build the guest relationship, drive the the guest back into the restaurant for something different 
not the same meal every time. And so talking to some of my former Olo customers, you know, about talk, they say, well, it's interesting. Actually, I think it does apply to us. We do Cinco de Mayo or we have a private dining room. And yeah. you know, right now it's up to my manager to try to sell that when they're, you know, trying to hire people and hire staff and deal with food costs. And so it's really not that different. Quite frankly, we might have a better solution for casual dining. The high-end restaurants, they keep their staff a long time. And you don't have the staff turnover. And so, you know, in these casual restaurants where you're sort of relying on, you know, a staff that has very little tenure to sell some of the stuff that we can do sort of automatically with the talk app, I'm excited to move from fine dining. And again, Tom, we will never abandon fine dining yep. ever, but we will expand the market we go after into, you know, an elevated casual and then casual dining for sure. What does Squarespace bring to the table for you? You were at a company for a long time that might have had outside capital, but this is kind of a whole different ballgame. How, how has that been beneficial to you? Yeah. Well, shout out to the ICR Capital Markets team. Yeah. My last company wouldn't have had outside capital <laughs> Thank without you, for you guys. The plug. Absolutely. Can I plug Tim Dolan? Yeah, of course. The best. Uh, and thank you, Tim, for all your work. Listen, I think that Squarespace brings so much, but let me start with the founder of Squarespace, Anthony Castellana. And he just brings incredible curiosity about hospitality, but beyond that, about the core product itself. He is, I think, at the end of the day, a product-focused CEO and a design-focused CEO. Squarespace is known for our incredible design and creativity, and just it's just incredible to be part of that company. But really, for the first time in 2024, we're going to begin to sort of cross-sell, if you will, some of the talk products with the core Squarespace offerings like websites yeah. and domains. Uh, we acquired the domains division of Google late last year. So there's a lot more that we can do together, but they bring just an incredible breadth of experience on the marketing side, on the product side. It's been great to be part of that company. But again, you know, I, I think that Anthony's vision, his focus on the product is something that accrues to the benefit of talk every single day. I mean, I fly my head of product in from Chicago where talk is based to New York as often as I can just to sit yeah. down and sort of riff with Anthony on, on product and what it can be and how we could better serve restaurants. And it's great. He's actually an investor in some restaurants. So yeah. he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And so it's been, it's been a great relationship and, you know, one I'm sort of proud to represent. Sounds super fun, you know. I mean, like you seem like you're having fun, and like the, when it starts, when things are going up and to the right, it, it usually uh, correlates with great energy and fun and, and creativity, right? For sure, Tom. I'm having fun, but the smile you see on my face is still the Michigan victory. I figured. Yeah, I yeah, figured. Yeah, let's be clear here. <laughs> One question I had for you: uh, You've been in the restaurant tech space for a long time. I feel it's super crowded. Like you know, not no, not no naming doubt. names. No, no, you not are naming right. Names like. You know, what is going to separate the winners from the losers, in, in your opinion, having done this for so long? Well, that is the question du jour, I think, for the restaurant tech industry. I think that everyone's been just in survival mode the last couple of years, probably no different from any other, you know, vertical that you guys deal with. Yeah. I think 2024 will begin to see the consolidation of some of these companies. There were, you know, a few years ago when I started at Olo, just a few sort of very, very old school point of sale providers. Now there are, you know, a thousand cloud yeah. point of sale providers. Like, can they all survive? No chance. No. 
And so, because their core offering is not materially different from from provider to provider. So I, I see consolidation happening. I see already, you know, some of these guys just going out of business. And, you know, then you have your your players like the toast of the world that want to provide everything. Now, you know, there's this great debate that comes in waves. Is it best of breed versus point solutions. So right now it's tough market for point solutions yeah. because it's been a, a difficult couple of years in the restaurant industry and a lot of restaurant, you know, CTOs and IT people are gone. And so people are moving towards sort of consolidated, you know, one neck to choke type of solutions that puts a lot of these point solution guys at great risk. So I think 24, you know, it, it's it's a tough time. And yeah. if you need to raise money right now, you know, God help you. Tough, yeah. Tough. And then do you think the average customer can just get like overwhelmed with technology too? I mean, like I, I'm not like a big tech person and, you know, I need my kids to figure half of the stuff out. Oh, for sure. It's so true. It's so true. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> as a tech guy myself for a long time, we tend to buy our own bullshit. Like yeah. we, we really think that we have the best product in the world and we have some special secret sauce and you know, it's materially different and here's why it's better. And, and you know, it just blurs in the minds of our buyers or our customers. Everyone's got the same pitch. Like I can give you an impassioned pitch for talk, but if you switch out talk for another name, it may just sound like someone else. Now, I think I'm better and different, but we all think we're better and different. And so I think for the average buyer, they are getting overwhelmed and sick of these pitches for sure. Yeah. And so I think that's going to drive some of these companies away. And and everyone's got the same thing. Like like I said, like I could sit here and talk about data. I could sound like literally any other software company that yeah. walks in here. Yeah. So how do I apply that and help my customers? What I have to focus on, or I'm just going to get lost in the static. And yeah. I deserve to be if I can't do a better job. Yeah. Talk about your senior team. You know, you talked about your head of product and stuff, but yeah. how about the whole senior team? Talk about the work culture there. Like, what do you, you know? What do you guys like? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I, I my face does light up because I'm so proud of that team. And to be clear, I inherited a lot of them, so I give a lot of kudos to to the founders of Talk and and the talent that they brought in. When I talk about my head of product, he's been there really since day one, and you know, we couldn't operate without someone like Dan. And we're lucky that he owns a few of his own wine bars. And so he gets the dog food, his own product as well. But, you know, from our hospitality team, which is unique, we take calls from restaurants in the middle of service. We have an amazing woman, Mary, who runs that team, a great head of account manager. I don't want to name all my team now. I should probably not do that. But most of these folks were there before I joined, then I brought a few with me. We have some former Olo alums at Talk, and we have several others who work for me even before my time at Olo. But it's the thing that, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm most proud about, Tom, and it's so important. You know, I'm lucky at my advanced age, and thank God there's not video. You can't <laughs> see my gray beard, but I'm lucky that I've worked with some of these people. And if I call them, sometimes they'll come and join me. And that's, you know, I don't think it gets better than that. But to to be able to, you know, sort of get that team together with the team that was already there and does such an amazing job, it's been a real pleasure to see over the last year. In a fiercely competitive landscape, Talk has established their unique value by focusing on the consumer-restaurant relationship 
Talk offers its customers a way to enhance the overall dining experience, and in the process, they've established themselves as a trusted platform in the industry. Welcome to the arena. We're working really hard to bring you exciting guests and great content. If you found this episode insightful, subscribe to the show on your podcast app and leave us a five-star rating. The more the show grows, the more interesting voices we can have on the podcast. And in turn, that should demystify a lot of the stakeholders around public companies and soon-to-be public companies. Thanks for listening. I'd like to thank Matt Tucker for joining us on the show today. He is running a super innovative company in talk. They stand out among the crowd and they're continuing to pursue the massive white space ahead of them. This is Tom Ryan. We'll see you next time back in the arena. References to specific stocks are not intended to be recommendations for specific trading behavior. Comments presented on this podcast are intended for informational and educational purposes only and do not represent opinions or recommendations on whether to buy, sell, or hold shares of a particular stock. All investors are advised to conduct their own independent research into individual stocks before making a trading decision. In addition, investors are advised that past stock performance is no guarantee of future price performance.